and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages. I'm as mad as hell, and I'm not going to take this anymore. I'm going to show the whole world why I was the unscripted, uncensored, loose cannon of commentary. I'm back, baby. Broadcasting from Manchester in the United Kingdom, this is the Aaron Meta Show. <laughs> oh no. Steam clam melting Steam ham despite your ravages. Steam clams Steam prepared for steam You gotta love the internet sometimes. Yeah, I know. You take a, a song from the gorillas and you're turning it into a Simpsons meme. Hey, it's, well, am- it's amazing. Hey, well, those are steamed hams we're talking about. Uh, um, uh, pretty sure, uh, you know, uh, all the way from upstate New York. So. Uh, yeah, and to think that we were really, really close into doing our own steamed hands meme. Yeah, it, I do admit it has died out quite a bit, but um, it was fun while it lasted. So, yeah, uh, sure. I can't wait for the next one. Mm-hmm. Indeed. So, uh, I mean, obviously we've uh, got a lot to talk about here in the show. So uh, we've, um, yeah, it's uh, been uh, one of those really crazy weeks. And uh, just before we do, though, uh, I do need to uh, pay the bills uh, somewhat. So uh, I'll let you guys know about this. This is going to be coming up on the 7th and 8th of April of 2018. It is the Manchester Anime and Gaming Convention. Uh, All-age event for anime fans, gamers, comic fans and cosplayers uh, taking place at the Sugden Sports Centre at M178HL at the Flower and Flagon, uh, formerly known as the Zoo. Uh, next door at from 10.30 onwards each day uh, for anime fans, gamers, comic fans and cosplayers uh, featuring uh, uh, exhibitors, performers, uh, TCGing, uh, Take game tournaments, uh, talks, and many activities, including the cosplay contest with nearly £1,000 worth of prizes, Smash and League of Legends with £100 uh, cash prize, uh, talent show parties, and more. So uh, check that out. It's ManchesterAnimeCon.com, and it is the Manchester Anime Gaming Convention on the 7th of April, April of 2017. So uh, get your tickets while they're still available. And uh, also, just to let you guys know, we are still uh, looking at net neutrality as well. Um, latest news is that a dozens of states... Across the United States are now considering uh, plans to keep net neutrality rules. Uh, when California proposes a bill this week uh, to prevent, uh, to preserve uh, net neutrality rules in the state, it is the most uh, comprehensive net effort in the nation. Uh, the bill would uh, be even more beyond the protections of the FCC uh, recently moved to roll back. Uh, but the bill is only, is only uh, one way states are moving to uh, keep the uh, rules after last year's FCC decision. Uh, the activist group Fight for the Future has listed uh, efforts of 35 states and, and the District of Columbia, including legislation under consideration and executive orders. Uh, so, um, you know, even from state level, uh, net neutrality, people want it and people want to keep it. But uh, the best way, I believe, of, uh, of keeping net neutrality is by reinstating the old rules that uh, we had once before. And uh, you can do that uh, by helping us all out. It's uh, battleforthenet.com. Uh, we, uh, the FCC voted to kill net neutrality and let ISPs like Comcast ruin the web with uh, throttling censorship and new fees. Uh, Congress has uh, 
60 legislative days to overrule them and uh, save the internet from uh, the Congressional Review uh, using the Congressional Review Act, which is the CRA. Uh, but we still need uh, one more vote to secure the Senate. Uh, so please go to thebattleforthenet.com and put in your name, email, address, uh, zip code, and phone. And also uh, so, and then press the Right to Congress uh, button on the bottom as well. And uh, also uh, you can demand progress and we'll contact you about future campaigns as well. So uh, I believe they've taken down the, uh, the text number. I believe so, uh, I guess. Uh, oh, that's good. Yeah. So, uh, well, uh, anyway, well, uh, just go to battleforthenet.com and also support Fight for the Future as well on Twitter, and uh, no doubt we'll, uh, we'll be very useful to, to, to for you to do that, to uh, keep shows like us going and keep uh, Old School Lane Podcast going as well. And, uh, yes. Yeah, it's all very good. And uh, I do believe, uh, Patricia, you've uh, recently announced that uh, you're going to be looking for the worst Nickelodeon-themed fan fiction. Yes, I am, because I'm planning... Well, April is approaching, and you know what that means. Mm -hmm. So, I, uh, you know, similar to a few years ago in which um, I was heavily influenced by my friend Alex the D, in which he did something called Movies Questions Answered, in which a lot of people would be sending in questions based off of movies, and he would answer them in a non-sequitur way. I decided to do uh, something similar to that, in which I'm heavily influenced by one of my Manic Expression colleagues, well, former, because she's no longer um, doing content online anymore, which is such a shame um that person is megan wessels aka the fanfic critic and uh i just recently had her as one of my actresses for my newest podcast play called reflection and i went back and looked at her old stuff uh called the um, the fanfic critic and my god some of the stuff that she reviewed with some of the worst fan fiction ever I, I just found it to be so freaking hilarious that, you know what, for April Fool's Day, I want to do that. Uh, so I, I, I the, the, encourage everybody, please send me the worst Nickelodeon fanfic you ever have, you've ever read. I'm not talking about creepypastas because I've already read too many creepypastas about like, oh, Angelica was imagining that the babies were dead all along or um, the story, the real story behind Crybaby Lane. No, I'm talking about like a legit fanfiction, <laughs> whether it be like, Weird fetishes like farting or shitting fetishes. Yes, there are such things as that. Yeah, there is. Um, whether it be like, you know, characters brutally getting murdered or whatever, please send it to me. I, I want to be shocked. I think uh, I think the worst fan fiction I probably ever read was uh, one that I think it was like, it was like the Titanic and uh, like having sex with Thomas the Tank Engine or something like that. I think it was <laughs> <What>? like... <laughs> But yeah, that stuff exists out there, and uh, so uh, I think it was because you know, um, remember those awful Titanic movies? Everyone was making fun of the you know those animated ones that were made from yeah, Italy. Yeah, I yeah, I think everyone was making fun of that, and so I think uh, I think it was in the amongst of all that. I think that uh, that started to exist. So mm. uh, and somehow they managed to uh, put in Thomas the Tank Mind you, uh, I do regret. I'm gonna hate the day when people start writing our Meta Show fan fiction. Oh Thank my you. god. Yeah. And uh, by some miracle that I become pregnant. <laughs> yes, and uh, the way you got pregnant was probably due to uh bestiality from a Pokemon maybe. or maybe from your own child. Yeah. Maybe you might because be Because there is uh, you know there uh, because uh, Pikapoon and um Timeless Lust written by the same guy there were Pokemon fanfics involving with like uh Ash having sex with his Pikachu or Ash having sex with his mom. Uh, maybe Josh is the father. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, father. That's why we don't see him around very often because he's off on his Pokemon journey. Yeah, he's like he's a deadbeat dad. So it's like you know I'm, I'm gonna take care of the kid all by myself. I'm a single parent. 
So, yes, uh, yeah. but no, seriously, um, I highly recommend that you do check out um, Megan Wessels' fanfic critic so you can get a clear understanding on what she used to review because it's some sick stuff and I, I, I really want to find like the worst one that you can find and I'm hoping that I can actually complete my second part of um, the uh, Elseworlds month because I did that last year. I never finished it. It was due to a lot of things that I don't want to say because it's still a surprise. Mm-hmm. So yeah, hopefully it does come out in April 1st. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Shall we go into the news? Yes, please. Sure. Let's do so. Okay, then let's uh, let's pull this clip. Uh, this was from uh, this morning, actually. Uh, this is from uh, a, a BBC show called the Andrew Marr Show, and it's uh, currently uh, it's going to feature Andrew Marr uh, questioning the uh, uh, the current Foreign Secretary to the United Kingdom, Boris Johnson. So here we go. Uh, Labour says that part of the Conservative hesitation on this is that you, as a party, have been taking far too much money, Russian money for far too long. And there's the case um, of the lady Lubov Chernukin, Chernukin, who paid a hundred. I'm not very good at pronouncing names, so I guess I should uh, probably, you know, cut Andrew Marsman's slack here for trying to pronounce Russian names. Sure, that's fair enough. Hundred and sixty thousand pounds to have tennis, a game of tennis with you. Uh, What? What? Wait, you? Somebody paid Boris Johnson a hundred and sixty thousand pounds. Or I think yes, that would be. Uh, I guess that'd be like one hundred and seventy thousand dollars to play a tennis game with him. Hmm. What? what? Uh, what? I mean, I would love to be paid that much to play tennis. Uh, you, you, you could probably get a cheaper rate playing for like you know for playing Serena Williams and uh, you know uh, Roger Federer for a cheaper. Yeah, he doesn't of that. look like the kind of guy who plays tennis on a daily basis. He's the guy well, if you well, if you look at it he's the, he's the guy who pretty much gets his same hairstyle by the same same guy as Donald Trump. Yeah, uh, in fact he kind of almost looks like Donald Trump in a sense. <laughs> oh my god. Can, well, Did can, that game actually take place? Can I can I just make a point about uh this whole um anti I'm going worried. to say good Russians I, and I, bad Russians. I know no, that. I, I'm going to, I'm going to, I am, actually. I was going to say back to you that, that this, this lady's husband was a minister of Vladimir Putin and was given an award by Vladimir Putin. So. Da, da, da. Oh, crap. Yeah, this... Yeah, this is. A, I I don't know where how how you can come out of this. You, you've uh, basically taken one hundred and sixty thousand um, f- uh, dollars from um, th- this person to play a tennis game with, and this person has close ties to the Kremlin. And after everything right now, we've got going with Russia, Russia, Russia right now. It's like, you know, and I sort of like half agree and not half agree with some of it. You know, I understand, you know, I understand now it's becoming a very serious thing. But I think sometimes I feel like it's a bit overplayed. But yeah, this is not a good place to be if you're a politician in the Western world right now. So, uh, yes, close to uh, exactly. So uh, what we learned from the Kremlins, don't feed them after midnight. <laughs> <laughs> And you, as a party, were prepared to take £160,000 from her so that she could have a game of tennis with Boris Johnson. Well, if if there is evidence of uh, gross corruption in the way that gentleman you mentioned obtained his uh, wealth, then then it is is well within the... uh, It is possible for our law enforcement agencies to deprive him him of his wealth with an unexplained uh, wealth order. Uh, I don't understand how that works. You can't really deprive him of... I mean, 
the one thing we could do is deprive, you know, the donation that you you received. But I don't think anyone's going to talk about that because, you know, it's it's your money. It's going to, you know, de- degrade your party mm-hmm. uh, by taking that. So, yeah, interesting that he kind of deflects over to that, but whatever. That is a matter for that is a matter for the authorities. It's not a matter for me. And it is very, very important now because I'm getting a lot of pe- people are, uh, emailing me from uh, from Russia who feel that, uh, that they feel that Russians... Like, okay, yeah, no, it's very, very... Mate, I believe more people are emailing you about how on earth you keep that hairstyle, let alone, uh, you know, whether, you know, Russians are offended by some of the things that British people are talking to you about, you know? It's, oh, my grief. Important that we say yeah. that. But Russians, the Russians themselves, I just, are, are in no way the object of our wrath. I accept that. I just, I just want to pursue we this have particular no quarrel, case, if We I have may. no quarrel with the Russian people. Did the tennis game actually happen? It did. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, so the $170,000 tennis game with the foreign secretary, that just sounds, sorry, that just still sounds surreal to me. You know, I know it's probably not surreal for people like in, in the United States where, you know, you, all your politicians are bought and paid for pretty much by corporations, but, uh, you know, for a tennis game, you know, it's, it's uh, that's, that's just, that's, that's, that's just wrong, man. It, it really is wrong. Is. It did. Um, are you happy that the same lady, and again, do you know enough about the origins of that money, and she has now paid £30,000 to sit next to the Defence Secretary, Gavin Williamson, and have dinner with him? Are you happy well, about that? Look, uh, in, unless and until evidence is produced against individual Russians, I do not think that the entire nation uh, should be uh, should be calumnified. Well, I'll tell you what, no politician should be paid that much money to begin with in donations. You know, you know $160,000, uh, $1, that's, that's a lot. I mean, unless it's for like a campaign or something, then just... Yeah, well, here's what I say about this. I, if, you know, if, if I could run politics the way I'd like to run it too, you know, you wouldn't have millionaires paying tons amount of money for, uh, for politicians just to buy them off. Like, you know, if you want, if you want, if millionaires want to have some fun somewhere, go buy a football team or something. But, uh, in regards to, um, you know, our politicians, I would seriously say, okay, you, you get your funding from your members. And so your membership that you the membership that you pay for being a member of a political party that's the money that you that you that you work with in order to run your campaign and if it's too much if it's too little money then tough you know you be, become uh, you know uh, make more people happy make more people join your organization and then they'll give you'll get more money doing that you know make them work for their money instead of just uh, you know then uh, relying on like you know big business and uh, you know corporations to uh, basically just pay their way, and they end up doing their bidding rather than doing the bidding of people. Right. That's how, that's how I would have it, but, uh, yeah. But this is the type of corruption <laughs> that goes on in our government. It's not just in the United States, it's here as well. So, like, you know, people are just walking in with, like, flashing the cash and uh, expecting to get their way. You know, yeah, so. I mean, it's, you know, um, it, it's kind of really sad to see that uh, for anybody who wants to really get their... Um, ideas more forward. You have to have a lot of money and you have to have a lot of power. And the little guys, which don't have any, are the ones that really matter. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. I think we've uh, had enough of this. Uh, let's yeah. move on to another uh, another story. And uh, that is, this is a big one. Uh, this is, um, I don't know if you ever heard of an organization called Cambridge Analytica. No, I've never heard of it. Okay, this is the organization that helped Donald Trump win the election. 
Oh. And uh, the basically what they did was um, they helped the Trump campaign gather like millions upon millions of Facebook data, uh, which apparently wasn't supposed to be used for uh, political purposes. Apparently, it was supposed to be used for research. And uh, basically, what they did was uh, they uh, you know those little apps that you, that you can get for you know getting Facebook you know for like you know uh, just you know getting like ordering pizza and uh, you know just doing things that allows you to log into like websites and stuff. Well, they had an app which uh, they filled in a survey, and not only did it um, fill in the survey, it uh, actually harvested the data from the Facebook user and their friends who didn't change their privacy settings. And uh, basically what that allowed them to do was to actually make, you know, target ads towards uh, particular people. It basically built a profile of them and it allowed it to create, like, uh, you know, send, like, certain news articles towards them or, you know, campaign, you know, send campaign videos to them and, like, particular stuff. So uh, that's basically what Cambridge Analytica did for the Trump campaign. And uh, they also apparently, they, uh, well, this is all uh, in the air at the moment, but uh, apparently they also did some stuff for the, uh, the Brexit de- uh, debate as well. So uh, they've had their, they've had their fingers in quite a few things here. And, I'll uh, say. Christopher and Wiley. for a lot of people who go on Facebook and they like share their thoughts about anything, then I could imagine that they would take advantage of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Christopher Wiley, who's pictured here in the um, on the New York Times article, who helped uh, f- found the uh, data firm Cambridge Analytica and worked there until 2014, has described the company as an arsenal of weapons in a culture war. Um, the firm has secured a 15 million uh, investment from Robert Mercer, who was also the sur- sur- same person who uh, uh, helped Steve Bannon with Breitbart. So you know, it's uh, and he's also helped out various other right-wing campaigns as well. Uh, so the, yeah, so the firm harvested private information from Facebook profiles of over 50 million users without their permission, according to uh, former Cambridge employees, uh, associates, and documents, making it so the largest data leak in the social me- network's history. Uh, the breach allowed the company to exploit the private social media activity of uh, a huge swath of American electorates, uh, developing techniques and underpinned the work of uh, President Trump's campaign in 2016. So, uh, yeah, they and they bragged about this as well. About how they could actually, you know, do all this, and uh, some people have compared it to like, uh, you know, psyops, which is like, uh, you know, like misinformation campaigns that they run in yeah, foreign yeah, countries. Yeah, it's just it's, uh, and the people are accusing uh, them of like running a psyops campaign, basically to get Trump elected in uh, in the United States, and also possibly uh, influence the EU referendum. So some of our biggest elections and some of our biggest referenda and some of our biggest democratic uh, events that have happened uh, in the last couple of years may have been influenced by this company. Oh, boy. That's that's, cool. that's not exactly very good when um, people are just willingly trying to, uh, the, the, you know, state that, oh, I like this thing and this thing, and then somebody is taking advantage of it, and they appeal to what they want you to listen, and they're going to promise that they're going to do all these things, and then they don't, and then you feel like a complete jackass. It's funny how, like, you know, uh, Democrats go on and say about how, you know, Russia hacked the election. It's like, well, I'll tell you, exactly tell you this, you know, Cambridge Analytica is not Russian. It's British. <laughs> so, uh, I mean, and they probably have more influence in uh, the election probably than uh, Vladimir Putin has, I would mm. say. I mean, some of the evidence that's come up with, uh, you know, with, with Putin right now is basically just a bunch of Facebook posts and a couple of, like, YouTube subscribers that basically have nothing more than, like, you know, 12 or 61 subscribers on it. So I wouldn't say right. they had, like, en- enough to dent the election. Mm. You know? So, well, uh, you know, this I would urge everybody to go read about Cambridge Analytica because this is some, this is some crazy stuff. 
and uh, it's uh, also a possibility there's going to be some massive uh, uh, backlash against this. You know, there's already a talk of... Uh, also, there's going to be backlash from Facebook as well, because uh, uh, Facebook themselves have been running uh, campaigns for uh, political parties. And uh, now there's um, uh, now there's talk here in Britain of, uh, you know, uh, uh, dragging in Mark Zuckerberg into a par- parliamentary inquiry. And, like, you know, if he has any, like, any presidential ambitions and he's dragged into all of this and he's... Uh, uh, you know, put on the spot for it. You know, you, you can you can kiss you can kiss the White House goodbye. You know, uh, every single every single political opponent will gang up on on Zuckerberg for that. You know, and uh, uh, it's interesting that you know Facebook even banned Cambridge Analytica after all of this. And it's interesting because yeah, I wonder if you know if Zuckerberg does have any uh, presidential ambitions. Like you know, it, it wouldn't surprise me if he did ban Cambridge Analytica because he doesn't want this company running against, running stuff against him. And so, and uh, he's probably going to end up uh, manipulating Facebook for his own means. Mm. So that's a uh, that's another scary thought. But you know, that's uh, that's that. So yeah, I, I I tell everybody keep keep an eye on this because this is uh, this is interesting stuff. Um, let's move on to our next video. That's, uh, yeah. There was a big victory oh. against Ecoside. Give me one second. It's uh, not coming up on the screen. I got it now. I'll play it again for everybody. There was a big victory. Okay, everyone who doesn't know this, this is uh, this is Lee Camp on a, on a uh, show called Redacted Tonight on uh, Russia Today, and uh, I tell you what, you know, say what you want about uh, RT, but uh, you know, I've I've actually been watching Redacted Tonight, and he's actually come up, he actually does come up with some very good points, and hmm. uh, you know, he's, he's an American co- political comedian in uh, in the United States. So let's hear what he has to say. There was a big victory against Ecoside in Guatemala. Nestle, which is now the world's largest food and beverage company, they, they buy up our water, they then sell it back to us. They buy it up for pennies and sell it back to us for billions. They dropped Repsa, R-E-P-S-A, a Guatemalan palm oil producer tied to human rights violations, environmental destruction, and corruption. So that is a huge win for activists that, that worked on that tirelessly. Of course, Nestle themselves is tied to human rights violations, environmental destruction, and corruption. But still, still, baby steps, baby steps, baby steps that are fueled with Nestle's baby formula, which was causing the death through malnutrition and unsafe water of infants around the world. Nestle is the evil company, aren't they? Just, you know, it's a- <laughs> They've done horribly disgusting things. If you crave for chocolate milk, just drink Ovaltine. Yeah. Back in the 1970s, Mike Muller authored a report on the subject. He said that his Swiss associates titled the report, Nestle uh, Kills Babies, to translate it, Nestle Kills Babies, which a Swiss court found was libelous. But on the substance of the argument, the judge warned Nestle that if the company did not want to face accusations of causing death and illness through sales practices, such as using sales reps dressed in nurses' uniforms, they should change the way they did, they did, they did business. If you Of course. <laughs> Like wow. just, even when judges are turning around to you and saying, "Yeah, we know you're. You know, if you don't want to be called an evil corporation, stop it. Stop acting like an evil corporation." What a concept! Yeah, what a concept! You don't want to face accusations of causing death and illness through bullshit marketing schemes. Then 
stop causing death and illness through bullshit marketing schemes. That would probably be a good step towards that. That would probably help you not get accused of that. Nestle is one of the worst corporations. I mean, they literally do buy up our, our water for almost nothing and then sell it back to people. Meanwhile, they're kind of helping our infrastructure collapse so that you can't drink your tap water, so you have to buy their water. Yeah, there's also uh, one point, uh, like, Nestle executives wanted to, like, buy up the ocean. Yeah, like, <laughs> I've heard of that. Yeah, and uh, wanted to sell it back to people. And I'm like, dude, you just can't buy rafts of the, you know, sections of the ocean. And then, you know, because, uh, you know, you're going to end up, you know, like, you know, uh, whatever you can't afford, water. You know, it's like, it's, uh, it's, 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 it's scandalous to Yeah, do that. and you know what the sad thing is, is that in certain states, their tap water is practically undrinkable. Like, we already talked about Flint, Michigan, Flint, a, Michigan a couple yeah. of times on the show. And here in Florida, I'll just let you know right now, the tap water here is disgusting. It is. And, yes, uh, yeah. it is. Uh, and a lot of and, and pretty much everybody here in Florida, we rely on filtered water or bottled waters because we can't drink the tap waters here. Because, you see, unlike a lot of states in which you get your tap water from, you know, like a, a plant where you maybe you got it like an ocean or a, a, the lakes or rivers, whatever. We have groundwater mm. and a lot of our water comes from, you know, the groundwaters and they're being filtered into the silos and they're taken into the, like the treatment systems. And it's gross. Like every time I go to New York, I drink the tap water. I'm like, yes, I miss you so much. Why can't Florida water taste this good? Uh, and so I'm still relying on drinking bottled and filtered waters because tap water is just uh, it's undrinkable. And I feel bad for people who have to rely on that. And it's just so scummy that, you know, companies like this want to take advantage of people to pay for water at a high price when, for the most part, a lot of people can get it for free. Yeah. Have you seen those uh, water bottles where it like, has like a little thing in it and like it like, cleans out all, like, all the dirt out of the water? And yes, yes, yes. I have seen that. That's for like third world countries because, you know, places like Africa or India or, um, you know, various places like their water is pretty contaminated with mm. uh, pollution and um you know people wash their clothes over there and it's not being properly filtered because it the water's stagnant yeah well one, so one thing they have you to do is that so they have to basically take bottles and like leave them on their roofs and so like the sun comes and like you know like uh, you know sterilizes the water and like yeah, uh, that's yeah, what yeah. they have to rely, rely on on sterilization it's not perfect but it's the only thing that they've got and, that sucks uh, too and, and there's no way that you know for a lot of these countries there's no way that they can cool the water down with like a, a refrigerator or with ice or something mm -hmm. okay so well uh, yeah check out redacted tonight on uh, rt and uh, before it goes off the air because of uh, you know uh, russian nerve gas and stuff like that so uh, because of all the craziness going on so yeah he's uh, you know he's also on uh, youtube as well so uh, I, I found him entertaining so uh, i definitely would get everyone else to check him out um, what are we up to next? Um, oh, we've got an article. So, um, we've, we're also about, you know, more stuff's coming back, and uh, I guess this is uh, going to excite a couple of people, and uh, I just realized that, so I've actually not got it up. But uh, I'll give everyone the headline anyway. Uh, Nickelodeon is rebooting uh, Clarissa Explains It All with Melissa Joan Hart's uh, front and center. Yes. In fact, um, about 
over five years ago. That was one of the shows that I posted in my top 10 Nickelodeon shows that should be remade. And yes, I did mention about Clarissa Explains It All. I talked about Things I Can't Explain, which was a follow-up to Clarissa Explains It All. I talked about Clarissa Now, which was the pilot of the spin-off series of Clarissa Explains It All that never came out. So yes, I have been, you know what, ever since I heard about the the Sabrina, the Teenage Witch reboot, and that Melissa wasn't going to be in that because they're like having a, you know, they're going to have Kiernan Shippa as um, Sabrina, and she was uh, Iki from The Legend of Korra. No, wait, I'm sorry, uh, Janora. I, I keep forgetting. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I think it was Janora. So she is going to be the new Sabrina, and I, you know, I think, no, I don't think Melissa is going to be in that one, but hearing that she's going to be in the Clarissa reboot, and that it's going to take in the same vein as Girl Meets World and um, Fuller House and the new uh, that's a Raven TV show. You know what? I I kept saying this over and over again. This should have happened sooner. Yeah, I think um, with uh, I really like that uh, Nickelodeon's uh, still trying to make an effort of uh, you know going back to the nineties because uh, the you know, these were the these were Nickelodeon's biggest bra- biggest brands. And, uh, you know, having yeah, a Joan Hart back, a lot of people are going to be excited. Um, there's been a lot of rumors about, like, Dan Schneider's uh, scumminess and that he has been the king of, like, Nickelodeon sitcoms for over a decade. And let's be honest, most of his stuff sucks nowadays. Yeah. I, I, I mean, the Henry Danger animated series and... I, I, I've already mentioned this a million times. I don't like Game Shakers. Mm. So, uh, yeah, and everybody else is just a pale comparison to Dan Schneider or a lot of them are just mediocre at best. So I'm glad that, you know, they're at least taking some of the precautions that, hey, you know, and there used to be a time in which live action shows and Nicktoons were just as good equally. You can watch Ren and Stimpy and watch Pete and Pete and you'll still like it. Yeah, be interesting to see how long she does it for. Because uh, I mean, is this just going to be a one-off, or is it going to be uh, something that they're going to want to do uh, quite considerably? Because uh, I mean, I don't know how I mean, I've forgotten how old Miss, Miss, Melissa Jones is now, but uh, I uh, mean, well, I, I I think she's like in her like her early forties because. Mm. Uh, I think I do recall from like a few years ago on her Instagram, she was celebrating his her 40th birthday. So, yeah, I think she's like in uh, 41, I think. So, yeah, she's in her 40s. Yeah, I was going to say because, uh, I mean, she's, um, I mean, it'd be nice to like see her like come back for like some specials. Maybe, but uh, I'm interested to see how, how she progresses through, a, you know, a, a, a chorus explains it all season. And uh, see where they, see where they go with this, and uh, see if it's uh, something they're going to like want to do long term, or if it's something they're going to want to do, you know, just for like you know uh, maybe a season or two, and then kind of like uh, you know uh, let it be after that. I'm not sure, or maybe do a spin off with uh, some of the characters that might even appear in Clarissa Explains It All reboot. So, uh, something um, yeah, I'm also questioning about um, if they are doing this Clarissa reboot and, you know, it was talks about like Mitchell Kriegman will come back as a writer and executive producer is things I can't explain going to be canon to this reboot because uh, for those who don't know and for those who are interested in checking it out, I actually did discuss about things I can't explain as my last um, video for Clarissa month. Uh, Things I Can't Explain takes place right after Clarissa explains it all. It's when Clarissa was in her late 20s and she was struggling to, um, you know, stay in the world of um, journalism because uh, she's overqualified. She tries, uh, you know, she she used to work in a newspaper um, business, but they shut down because nobody reads newspapers anymore. And, uh, you know, she tries her very best to like, 
keep on demand, but you know, websites such as BuzzFeed and PopShirt will pretty much overtake everything. So, um, and they're fo- there's a focus on her trying to get involved with like some sort of um, um, other article, uh, not an uh, article, uh, another um, uh, publishing company that she has no knowledge of the subject. We find out that Sam live, you know, he travels from all over the world and, you know, he explores different oceans and uh, Ferguson is in prison because of some huge scandal involving with the Russians and losing $40 million. And um, Melissa's mom is rich because she sold, uh, she made a tofu glue and she sold it to NASA and made a bunch of money. And Clarissa's father is um, not doing really well with his architecture work. And he pretty much lives in a hotel completely depressed. And a lot of his models are making more money than anything he ever made when he was doing his work. Oh my goodness. Yeah, it's pretty depressing. Yeah. I'm curious about if they're ever actually going to keep it in canon. Well, we're going to find out pretty soon. Uh, I don't think they actually put a date on it, I don't think, at the moment. So uh, No, they haven't. No, they haven't. So I guess we'll find out soon enough what, what, so what we're going to be uh, uh, going to be ending up with, uh, whether there's going to be any announcements or uh, any of the cons, I'm not too sure. Um, I think we've got another video coming up, so uh, let's, uh, let's give this a watch. One second. Oh, hey, so this week... You know, you got to have videos that start off like that. It's like, oh, I'm not paying any attention to the camera, and then throws the book away and says, oh, hey, let's start with the subject. I, I can't say anything. I'm guilty of doing this myself. I guess so. Oh, okay. I want to slow things down a little bit and just chat about film critics and film criticism, what the point of it is, and what we want from it, because... For a while now, I've been noticing some things that kind of trouble me, and I'm not coming here to tell you that you're wrong, unless you are actually wrong about indisputable facts, but just to offer my take on things. So, film criticism. It's been around pretty much since the beginning of cinema itself, and it's an extension of art criticism, which has been around since like the 1700s. Now, right up front, I want to clear up some misconceptions that I know some people have. Critics are not bought or bribed. Disney does not pay off critics to trash DC movies. It's- um, hasn't there... I mean, I I know we're gonna. I mean, this is GamerGate territory, but um, you know, I'm sure in video games there were some. Wasn't there some critics that were like, uh, I don't hey, know. Should we talk about something positive. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I check out Guru Larry's video about Driver Three, in which um, I believe the publishers behind that game actually paid uh, um, you know, journalists from uh, particular magazines to give their games 10 out of 10 so that they can be able to gain higher publishing, uh, you know, higher subscriptions to their magazines. So, yeah. yeah. It's not like bad reviews hurt Suicide Squad's box office, so why would studios waste money on that? I mean, sure, they would like good reviews because it helps with marketing, but no critics are actually being paid off by studios. Well, I mean, there there's a conflict of interest by some because there are some uh, media companies that are actually owned, but you know, you know, by the uh, like the same companies actually make the mil- make the movies. So there is a bit of a conflict of interest there when uh, you know that that uh, same organization is uh, basically bringing out a review, but you know, for a movie that's uh, basically make, make something positive. For example, like you know, if you see a review for a Disney movie on ABC, well, of course it's going to be positive because uh, it's a uh, it's it's you know it's all owned by Disney. 
Right. So, yeah, it's like, so there's conflicts of interest in, uh, in some places in the media. That's nonsense. Critics are not an amorphous entity that all conspire together with one single opinion. So when someone complains about the critics, they really mean hundreds of individual people all with their own unique opinions. And critics do not hate everything. They have to watch every movie that comes out, so you genuinely have to love movies if you want to do that job. Critics are not Lindsay Duncan from Birdman, cruelly determined to take down something they haven't even seen. Okay, so we're clear on that. Critics are not evil, are corrupt, are a huge single-minded being? Great. Let's move on. Quick disclaimer, in this video, I'm referring to critics specifically as the people who regularly review new movies. So, while I make some videos that are technically film criticism, I don't count as a film critic. I've never done a review before. I did a survey on- Wait, I'm confused by that. So you have talked about movies in the past and make comments about them, but you're not a critic of movies? What? Um... I mean, hmm. you, you, know, you know, we do picks mix, you know, but we're not like, you know, professional movie critics or anything like that. We don't, we don't know like the, the, the history of animation, you know, we don't know the whole history of animation or, you know, uh, you know, or anything like that. You know, it's like we're just, you know, people who happen to like the subject matter and just want to talk about it. So I don't think you need to necessarily be versed in, you know, the, your entire subject matter or like hold some kind of degree in it in order to know, you know, in order to talk about That it. is true. And, and there are a lot of people online who um, claim to, you know, be quote unquote critics and they've never watched anything. Uh, they've never watched like the, the thing that they're talking about, yet they make a lot of money of it. I think I, one of my, my friend uh, Clint from the Rise and Fall of Nickelodeon Facebook page, she posted on Twitter about some guy on YouTube called Stuff with a Scalf Stuff with Scalfly or something. I, I think I've heard of him once because he used to be um, uh, associated with Frederator, and I think I saw like his stuff maybe once or twice on this the website. But uh, he did a long live stream um, confession talking about like I have something to confess, uh, you, you know, because he used to be the kind of guy who would like post up um like top tens and if there was like announcements of a particular cartoon that was like coming back like the jungle movie or whatever he would talk about it and he would give his own opinion and uh, apparently this guy claims that he knew about these cartoons but in reality he did not he never watched a single episode of any of the cartoons he talked about in his videos yet he was like one of the hugest subscribers on the cartoon community he made a lot of money on it, and then eventually he just came clean and said, "You know what? I I, I was a liar. I didn't I didn't know anything." So basically, he pulled an Anita Sarkeesian and says, uh, "Oh, well, uh, here, here I'm going to talk about video games, but uh, I've never played a video game in my life." Something like that, oh, okay. from what I've heard from Clint, uh, and. Um, and Clint was like really disappointed because you know he used to follow his work a lot, and uh, you know he would like um, you know share his stuff on his Facebook page to like help promote him, and you know because he was like good friends with him or something like that. And then when he found out, he was like really disappointed, but he was glad that he came clean. But for a lot of people, they were like disgusted. Oh yeah, they felt <laughs> betrayed. Oh my god. People said that they don't follow any critics who write traditional like written reviews. And this really concerned me. But let's step back for a minute and talk about what the purpose of film criticism is anyway. The first part of that answer is easy. It's to guide us in our decisions about what movies to see. A review should give us an idea of what a movie is and whether the critic thinks it's worth seeing. That's obvious. 
but there's a second component to criticism. In Douglas Martin's obituary for Roger Ebert in the New York Times, he wrote, not only did he advise moviegoers about what to see, but also how to think about what they saw. It's that second part that I think gets overlooked too often. A critic should have a deep knowledge and understanding of cinema, its history, and how it works. Not really. I mean... It's... No, as mentioned previously before, there are a lot of people who don't and claim that they do. And they should bring that perspective to the review, not just telling us if the movie is good or bad, but deepening our understanding of it, and giving us things to think about that we otherwise might not have noticed or considered. So basically, you're just saying, well, not to say whether it's good or bad, but to say, well, you can still say why it's good or bad and still make a good point. I um, guess. I guess so, but it's always really nice to at least state on why. Yeah, exactly. This, for me, is the problem with most YouTube film critics. They're predominantly straight white males in their mid-twenties to early thirties. Oh, for fuck's sake. Uh, wh why does- why does the color or, you know, where this guy- where a critic comes from really matters? Like, isn't it more to do with the valid arguments that he makes? Like, you know, if, uh, it, it, well, are you gonna say that if I take a, you know, a whole room full of, like, ten white straight guys, and uh, I present him in front of the room, and, you know, in front of Tommy Wiseau's The Room, and they all hate it. It's like, I'm just, what, just because one, all of them are white, I have to basically go out and find someone else to basically, to, you know, who's black to say that it sucks? It's like, no. Hmm. What are you talking about? <sighs> and I find the reviews and to also, be... And you also, know, I know a lot of, um, you know, people who do reviews that are gay or bisexual and are transgender, so... Well, um, we, 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 yeah. we, we do mix mix, and I'm a well, I'm a mix between a you know a, 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 an Indian, Indian and uh, an Englishman, and you're a you know, mix between American and uh, Dominican. You know, it's, it's, well, uh, I'm I'm actually Puerto Rican and Dominican. Puerto Rican, I don't, I don't have American in. I mean, I was born here, but yeah. both of my parents um, came from the the islands. So. Okay, then. Well, you're born on U.S. soil, so therefore you're an American. So uh, yeah, that is true. Cool pretty shallow. They'll tell you that the acting was great, or the jokes didn't all land, or I was on the edge of my seat the whole time, but they hardly ever dig any deeper. But do you really need to, I mean, they'll probably tell you why they were on the edge of their seat and why they were laughing at some points and why they were saying, this is like, you know, it's just, it's, uh, I don't know, I just think he's nitpicking. You know, um, I, I've seen a lot of, um, well, I, you know, my friend Decker Shadow, he does uh, reviews of movies and a lot of people are starting to get, um, you know, the way that he does his reviews is that he looks at the movie like from beginning to end and he makes a lot of jokes and he analyzes like the um, inconsistencies with like science and the sci-fi, um, uh, you know, how it you know, how going into outer space works. And for some people, they nitpick saying like, oh man, can't you just, you know, get to the point? Can't you just tell us what your thoughts of the movie are? Don't, you know, go from beginning to end. It's already starting to get boring to me. Yeah, well, I mean, so, don't, don't get me wrong. I, I I do like detailed reviews of like explanations and uh, that that I don't, that, that, that I do like. And you know, uh, you know, Doug Walker, the nostalgia critic, he does a pretty good, 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 good sense of that. And, sure. Uh, yeah, I mean, a like, lot of people do, and a lot of you know, there's a lot of people who enjoy it, some who don't. But they all have their distinct styles. Everybody has their distinct style. Whether they want to rely on jokes, whether they want to go through a movie from beginning to end, whether they want to analyze the plot point, the history, blah 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 blah. Everybody has their own ways of doing it, and they're all different and unique in their own ways. And you know, some people may have a particular taste, but that's what uh, you know. That's the great thing about different critics is that. 
you know, they all have a distinctive style and you can just go to whoever you want. And if you like it, then that's great. If exactly. you don't, and then maybe yeah, it's not I, for you. I, I like to think we have our own distinct style by basically doing a running commentary of, of the film and then saying what we think about particular points. And, sure. And when we do picks mix and when we do other ones as well. So, yeah, same thing how we do with We're In Between. Yeah. Anyway, I just think, you know, um, he's, he's totally entitled to his view, but I just think, uh, you know... No, 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 group. no, that's perfectly fine. If you yeah. agree to this guy, then you know what? More power to you, but yeah. um, just want to let you guys know that being a critic, there's a lot more of uh, diversity than, you know, a claiming to be like, oh, you, you know, most critics are straight white males who are in their 20s and 30s. Some of them are older, some of them are younger, some of them are a different race, some of them are different genders, and... Uh, you know what? That's the great thing about the internet. Similar to the world, we're like a melting pot, and there's a lot of things that are good, and there are a lot of things that are bad, and you just have to choose what you like. Okay, then. All right, then, next. With the ultimate deletion imminent, I have come here today to my personal zoo, which lies on the Hardy compound. <laughs> this is bro this is what woken Matt Hardy. Uh, he's a um, <laughs> he looks like Cruella DeVille with his hair. <laughs> he's uh, th this guy is massively popular in wrestling right now and uh, I just think he's uh, he's just hilarious to watch. Uh, I seriously go, uh, would judge everyone on YouTube and just go find him and just watch every, all this stuff. Like uh, he talks about how you know, like uh, the the Great War and the Ultimate Deletion and uh, the the man with the three H's, which he's referring to Triple H. You know, it's just it's oh my god, it's so hilarious. Everything about this place is magic. I have procured, I have gathered the greatest souls in existence known to mankind. People like Napoleon. Genghis Khan and Smoking Joe. And today I have come here to seek advice, to seek strategy, because Bray Wyatt must suffer the ultimate deletion. Thank you for seeing me. I've come to you today because I need your advice. This could be a perilous event, a dangerous event. What must I do to defeat and delete Bray Wyatt. Of course, how could I not see it? Your wisdom knows no boundaries. You. <laughs> hey there, Mr. President. <laughs> oh. oh my god. This is he, just scratching. It's like if Charlie Sheen or Gary Busey was a wrestler. No, this is just scratching the surface. You should see all the other stuff he's done. You truly are the greatest, wisest soul in existence. <laughs> oh, George Washington. You deserve a delicacy. A carrot. Yes. You love carrots like I love green beans. Yes, a carrot for you. I don't know what I would do without you, old friend. I will submerge Bray Wyatt, and we will delete Sister Abigail. Thank you, my friend. Do you remember when Hulk Hogan was uh, talking about people, telling people to eat their vitamins and say their prayers, and uh, then you go and beat somebody up? Yeah. Uh, I remember when John Cena was going around saying, you can't see me, and uh, yeah, this is... Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. This is where wrestling is going, and uh, yeah, some people will look at it in, like very with very weird faces, but uh, I'm just enjoying the hell out of it. Well, you know, we all have our wrestling icons who they have their little slogans or catchphrases or quirks. And you know what? That still is the same. Mm -hmm. So, uh, yeah. So delete, delete, delete. <laughs>
Okay. Kind of reminds me of the um, the nanobots from Jimmy Neutron. Delete, <laughs> delete, delete. <laughs> yeah. I know. Okay, so uh, this happened. Um, the Church of Scientology has launched a new network. Joy. It's on DirecTV. <laughs> oh my God. Oh, well, so Judge Scientology is launching a new television network. Its marketing is revealed is revealing a fair with a shed of positive light on the secretive and uh, contentious organization. The organization appears to have uh, begun marketing its upcoming uh, service Sunday evening with Twitter account, uh, which uh, links a countdown clock uh, to the launch on Monday night, which was this Monday night. Uh, it's uh, the promotional video uh, it shows uh, various Scientology properties, including people shopping at uh, what appears to be a Scientology bookstore, and uh, people who were uh, in white uh, lab gear zipping uh, gold, zipping up gold and saying so. Uh, I don't know really. I think this is probably you know with um, with Lord Zenu. I guess this is probably the replacement for the Sci-Fi Channel. No, I now guess we lost, so. Now we lost all those. Yeah, yeah. Sci- you know, sci-Fi doesn't do any Sci-Fi anymore, does it? Just it's like no, it's channel. like the History Channel. They don't do much history anymore, or the Discovery Channel. They don't do much discovery anymore. Yeah. Uh, so the network is on your Apple TV, on Roku, and on DirecTV. Don't know why we're promoting it because we don't really like Scientology, but uh, whatever. And uh, the organization is focused on several high-profile projects, aiming at discrediting uh, the group, uh, alleging uh, abuse of former members and their family. That's uh, that. So it's um, yeah, because it's gone through a, a hell of a lot. Uh, that includes uh, a 2015 documentary that called "Going Clear: uh, Scientology in the uh, Prison of Belief," uh, that won a three Emmys and a Peabody. So I guess it's probably a, repl- a, a, a response to that. The fact that uh, you know a uh, massive documentary came out for it, and uh, which you know a lot of you know, I would definitely urge everyone to go see "Going Clear," and. Uh, so, uh, on top of that, uh, you know, uh, David Pagman, he interviewed, uh, you know, David Miscavige, who uh, runs uh, the whole the whole church. Uh, his dad uh, appeared on the David Pagman show, and oh my god, he he ran him down in the ground. Oh wow! Yeah, he really did. And uh, apparently, apparently, like David Miscavige has has like spies following his dad around. You know, doing mm-hmm. do, you know that doesn't surprise me in the slightest because you know that's what Scientology does with its critics, but. Uh, um, yeah, it's just, it's, uh, but, yeah, this happened, and so, yeah. Uh, yeah, mind you, given all the bad publicity that it's had, and, uh, you know, all the celebrities that have been leaving, you know, did Tom Cruise even left? Yeah. Yeah, and, uh, so, you know, all the, all the support that they've been losing, I'm surprised they even found, where did they find the money to start this network? I have no idea. Oh my god, it's just, it's, uh, I don't I mean, think- we can't rely on, you know, L. Ron, uh, Hubbard's book selling very well, maybe that's where they got the funds. Mm, maybe, but, uh. Yeah, so uh, that exists. So if uh, anyone's ever ever curious, okay. So uh, let's take a look. Oh, this is this will be fun. This is a uh, this is the trailer to uh, the new Smash Brothers uh, um, uh, game. So let's, let's have a look at this. I love how it says not actual gameplay on the bottom. <laughs> like, uh, they always have to. They always have to put that in now because. Yeah, uh, I know that but, sucks. But you know, it's like, you don't think I, I, you know, people like you and I have common sense. We kind of know this isn't part of the game, so it's like mm-hmm. I don't understand why they have to put that in. But you know. Yeah, this is kind of cool. So people who can't see it, uh, it's uh, it's Splatoon basically, and uh, the gun was. Shooting each other and uh, yeah. 
Let's get everybody in full, really, because we thought it was going to make another, like, Splatoon, and uh, then all of a sudden... Yeah, yeah. Exactly. We thought, oh, this is the DLC for Splatoon 2. Awesome! And I've got that. So, uh, it's a, yeah, they did this at Nintendo Direct, which I thought, so, you know, imagine if they did that at E3 or, like, you know, like, uh, an event where, you know, they had, like, you know, uh, a cheering crowd. Oh, that would be so yeah, good. That would that, that would that's that's what they should have done it for, really. Like, uh, it's a, yeah, it's I a know, but the, you know, the Nintendo they've been doing a lot of directs. I mean, whether it be for yeah. the Nintendo games or for Pokemon, but yeah, this would have been a great E three reveal. Mm, this would have been a great, yeah, it would. It's a shame that they have to do it now, but I, I don't know what yeah, know, the reason being. But... Say, so where did they all come from? <laughs> I think they came from the line. <laughs> so yeah, Super Smash Brothers, and we're gonna get another yeah, one. Yeah, no, it Switch. hasn't been a hundred percent confirmed whether this is a port of the Wii U and 3DS game going into the Switch, or this is a completely new Super Smash Brothers. I think it's a new game. I think because they've already like given. Us, there's also been some other uh, gameplay stuff of uh, of Link and Zelda uh, being in the game. So oh, okay. uh, I think uh, from Breath of the Wild. So I think this is. I think this is a new build. I think. All and, right. Uh, should be interesting to see how they. I mean, it looked like they were doing some 3DS, like some more. Like, uh, not, you know, like the 2D platformer they were doing before? I think they were like, showing some 3D elements. You know, like, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm sure everybody always asks this question because every time a new Smash Brothers game is revealed, they always ask this question. Oh, I want to have this character for Smash Brothers. And I've been seeing a lot lately that Funimation wants to have Goku in Smash Brothers. Mm-hmm. I'll tell you what, then, be, do you know what would be um, fun? If, yeah. they, if they brought, like, a character out from nowhere... Like, you know, like, a very popular character, like, not really part of the Nintendo franchise. Like, do you remember how everyone was going apeshit over Sonic? Yeah. Yeah, oh my, when he turned up, like, at the very end of the game, like, everyone was like, yeah, like, oh my god, Sonic's there. And, like, uh, yeah, that was, um, yeah. that got a big reaction. And, uh, like, imagine if, uh, I don't know, I'm trying to think what might be, like, imagine if, like, you know, um... Uh, Crash Bandicoot. Maybe, maybe Crash, yeah, Crash Bandicoot. Imagine, imagine something, like, completely out of nowhere. Like, imagine if it was, like, I don't know, Danny Phantom. Um, oh, he, man, Nickelodeon mixed him with Nintendo. Yeah, that would be interesting. Like, uh, if Helga Pataki turned up. Oh. <laughs> Like uh, oh that would be that would be epic like uh, yeah yeah uh, yeah I think wasn't there like a I mean I know there was like a Cartoon Network version of Smash but I don't think we ever got a Nickelodeon version of Smash right mm, I I don't know I think they probably be reluctant to do it I mean like yeah uh, I mean I know they did a lot of sports games and they did like the um, you know like the Nicktoons Unite kind of stuff mm. but yeah I don't think they've ever done like a, a Smash Brothers style Nickelodeon uh, crossover game that would have been great though having like you know maybe like Aang with Danny Phantom and Jenny from My Life as a teenage robot and all these characters would like come together and they fight and have like this crazy story and how they got together yeah. and stuff like that I, I think if they did a fighting game I think it would be basically fighting characters so I don't think we'd get like uh, you know uh, I mean maybe we might get you know just because they want to just put him in there maybe the Crimson Chin and maybe like you know miraculous ladybug and maybe uh, you know uh, Danny yeah, Phantom uh, and, uh, Crimson Chin miraculous they, they, ladybug I think they would play it very safe I don't think we'd see SpongeBob SquarePants and I don't think no oh, no, no I mean unless, unless you want to put in Mermaid Man and Barnacle 
point? Maybe. I don't know. Hey, mind you, they've, they've, they don't do much fighting themselves in the, in, in the SpongeBob Yeah, unless, they, unless you put in, like, their younger versions, yeah. or maybe you put in the, um, the IJLSA. Um, hmm. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, this is fun actually. So yeah, so um, let's do like a whole Nickelodeon uh, Super Smash Brothers game. So okay, uh, yeah. no, okay. Here's the thing: I doubt that there's going to be any Rugrats characters in there. Because no, there won't be Rugrats characters in it. I mean, unless of course you want to put in like the Mega Dipey babies. But other than that, no. No. Powder Toast Man should definitely be in this. Uh, Powder Toast Man would definitely be in that game. Um, um, yeah. So uh, let's go for all the Ren and Stimpy characters. Ren and Stimpy definitely would go in because they're pretty violent as. I'll say. The Angry Beavers would uh, definitely be in it. Um, so I'm trying to think who else they could stick in it. Um, um, I don't think they put. Pl- I don't, maybe Plankton in like in like a robot suit, maybe. Like, yeah, that'd be cool. Uh, yeah. yeah, Plankton in a robot suit. They could do that, and uh, then obviously you'd have like all the super characters. You'd have Danny Phantom. You'd have uh, Crimson Chin. You'd have uh, you'd have Miraculous Ladybug and Cat Noir and. Uh, Oh, who else would you have? Um, uh, Jenny from My Life is a Teenage Robot. Maybe, yeah. um, LT Gray. Um, um, so be Nickelodeon. Yeah. So, uh, and then uh, I'm trying to think who would be like the like the surprise character who would like you know come in and just like be whoa whoa like we were not expecting that character at all. Capo uh, Mikey. Maybe. Yeah. Like, uh, yeah. Gabo Mikey, or uh, let's see if I can think of anybody else. Or Action League Now. That Action would be a massive. Oh, surprise. that would be, that would be hilarious. You know, just uh, the, the yeah, flash. Yeah, let's, like, uh, let's see. Let's, maybe we can put in like um, I don't know, maybe like Melt Man mm-hmm. or Thunder Girl or um, like a random character from Action League Now. They will never know who that is. Oh, yeah, they they would uh, they they barely move. In the in the, exactly they barely move. <laughs> they just right? be like kind of like stu- stu- stood there if anything. Like he probably has to like uh, you know uh, really be jagging the control stick to basically get them to do the stop motion. Yeah so, yeah yeah. Let's see who else. Um. Um. Uh, who else uh, could you? Let's see. Cool. So we don't kill Blam. Oh, Wait, really, we... really big man from Rocko's Modern Life. Oh yeah, we do really really big man. So. Uh, what do you do, Mister? Bi- oh man, you can't, you can't really do Mister Bighead, can you? Uh, no, no, not really. No, I mean, it would be a very interesting character. Um, yeah, that'd be that'd be kind of weird. Um, yeah. um sorry. Who, oh, uh, muscular beaver. Muscul- that'd be fun. Oh, from what? Is, is he in the Angry Beavers or is he? Uh... Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's um Daggett's alter ego, muscular oh. beaver. Well, the Angry Beavers are going to be in it anyway, so I guess he'd just be in. Yeah, that's skin. true. I mean, we can have um, you know, Daggett as muscular beaver. We can have Norbert as Baron von Bad Beaver. <laughs> um let's see I, I think tree flower also played as like a a, a you know like a one-off sidekick to muscular beaver in one yeah. episode i was trying um, to think i'm trying to think of characters who have been oh, oh i got it el grapadura yeah. el grapadura should be an angry uh, in that game mm-hmm. he would i mean he's a luchador that would be amazing yeah that would be pretty good so yeah uh, so okay so yeah nintendo if you're listening there's uh, a few um, characters you can put in a possible Nickelodeon Smash game. You're welcome. Yeah, and you definitely got to put Helga Pataki in the whole that game. Like, yeah, you know, so. Mo- Monkey Man as well. Monkey Man, yeah. Monkey Man. Mind you, Monkey oh, Man doesn't really fight, does he? And the Abdicator. Abdicator, maybe. And then one of his taunts will be like, it's time to take you out to lunch. <laughs> okay. So uh, we've got, uh, got another article. Uh, I'm trying to figure out where it is. Um, because it was uh, it was here before, and uh, I, say I do this too often. I do, I do this too often. Never have things prepared. Okay, so Sega Genesis Classics is going to be heading to consoles, but it will not be on the Nintendo Switch. 
Oh, that's kind of surprising considering that there's like Mario and Sonic and like um, a lot of crossovers with Sonic and Mario and like the Nintendo games. But what? I mean, they even have like the Sega games on the virtual console. Yeah. Yeah, that's very strange. It is. So, uh, uh, Sega Genesis Classic will bring more than 50 of its uh, best-known Sega Genesis games. That's PlayStation and Xbox One on May the 29th, uh, Sega has announced. But uh, Nintendo Switch is uh, distressingly excluded from that lineup, as many Sega fans are pointing out that uh, the company on the company's Twitter. Uh, while demands for the Switch uh, version of uh, pretty much every game ever run rampant, it hurts uh, that Sega Genesis Classics won't be hitting Nintendo over system, especially with the Wii Shop channel winding down with no virtual console in sight. Uh, the list of uh, games, full list of includes uh, games like uh, Altered Beast, Fancy Star 2, uh, Sonic 2, uh, Streets of Rage, uh, Toe Jam and Earl, and uh, all the Stone Cold classics, according to uh, Polygon's most hardcore Genesis nerds. Uh, so, uh, I'll tell you what, actually, is the full the full list? I think my is it on this uh, is it on this link? I don't know. Um, oh yeah, here it is. It so is. there it all is. So you got uh, Alex Kidd in the Enchanted Castle. I mean, obviously, you have to put an Alex Kidd game in a Sega Classics because he was the mascot of Sega before Sonic took over. Okay. Alien Soldier? Never played it. Alien, Alien Storm? I've heard of it, never played it. Altered Beast? Definitely played of that. Of course. I mean, everybody's played Altered Beast. Mm -hmm. Beyond Oasis? No. Uh, Biohazard Battle? Mm-mm. Uh, Bonanza Bros? Uh, Bonanza Bros? I have heard of it, but I've never played it. Everyone's played Columns. Yeah, everybody's been playing Columns. It's like the the Tetris of Sega. Now, there's Columns 3 Revenge of the Columns. I've actually never played that. I'll Me neither. Yeah. I've actually, I played the original Columns, but I've never played any of the others. Okay. Comic Zone, I've played that. I have, yes, I have played that. I actually did a Let's Play of it uh, that I never finished. Okay. Uh, Crackdown. Never played it, but I do know of the game. I played... I don't know if it. Was, I don't know if Crackdown was. Uh, I mean, I think they did remake it for the Xbox, and I think I played yes, it for did. that. Oh yeah, yeah they, they did. Okay. They did make Crackdown, but it's a completely different game. Yeah, it is. it's just the name alone. Mm -hmm. uh, Decap Attack. I've played it. Yes. Yeah, and uh, no, I've never played it. Uh, Doctor Robotnik's Mean Bean Machine. I have played that. Yeah, me too. Okay. It's essentially a Puyo Puyo game. Yep. Dynamite Heady. No. No. Eastwatch City Under Siege. Never heard of it. No, played it myself. Fatal Labyrinth. Mm -mm. No, uh, Flicky. <laughs> no, I've, I've heard, heard of it, it, but I never played it. Uh, Gain Ground. No. Galaxy Force Two. No. Gal uh, I've played all three of these games: Golden Axe One, Two, and Three. I play them all too. I played them all too. They were there for so much fun. Uh, I don't know. I still like the original Golden Axe compared to the other two. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Um, I, I, I mean, I admit that, um, you know, the other games in the series are more um, adventurous when it comes to like, oh, these are new levels, these are new abilities, and the graphics get better, but I prefer the original the most, mm -hmm. even uh, though I've never beaten it. Gunstar Heroes. I have played it. Yeah, uh, Kid Chameleon. I've played it too. I've not played it either, so. Uh, it's a lot of fun. Okay. L Landstalker. I have played it. I've not played it. Uh, Light, Cru Light Crusader. Never played it. Never played it. Uh, Fantasy Star 2, Fantasy Star 3, and Fantasy Star 4. Uh, oh, I've... you know what? Those are, I mean, I've, I've heard of the Fantasy yeah. Star game, but I've, I've never played them because I'm just not much of an RPG fan. But yeah, for a long time, this was like the final fantasy of Sega. 
because there was like so many uh, fantasy star games and they had like these in-depth stories and you know that you you related to the characters a lot and stuff like that and then eventually we got fantasy star online which is the mm-hmm. game in the series that most people have played so yeah i i haven't played it mm-hmm. okay uh rice star yeah of course uh, everybody's played that. actually i've never played rice star Oh, uh, yeah. it's okay. It's a you know cute little platformer with a star as a character. It's all right. Okay, cool. Shadow Dancer, The Secret of Shinobi. Um, no. I've played Revenge of Shinobi. I don't think I've ever played Secret of Shinobi. Um, mm. Shining Force and Shining Force 2. Uh, again, they're both RPGs. I have not played them. I've heard of them, but not played them. Uh, Shining, right. Shining in the Darkness. No. Uh, Shinobi 3, Return of the Master of the Ninja Master. I've heard of it, oh, yeah. but not played it. Yeah, the Shino- that's the only Shinobi game I've ever played. Yeah, I've played Revenge of Shinobi, but I've never actually... Yeah, the Revenge of Shinobi's down there as well. I've played that. Uh, yeah. Sonic 3D Blast. I played it and didn't really like it. Ah, uh, I hate that game. Yeah. Sonic Spoon Ball. Played that game, didn't like it. Hate, hate it. Yeah. Sonic the Hedgehog and Sonic Hedgehog 2. Played both games and loved them. Yes, uh, agreed as well. It's just a shame that Sonic 3 and Sonic CD yeah, are in there. Yeah, there's no Sonic 3. I mean, I, I don't know if that's down to licensing issues or uh, because... I, I uh, guess so, because, you know, the whole thing about Michael Jackson being involved in the soundtrack is... Yeah. I, I guess they have to pay money to his estate if they use his game. I don't know. Um, mm. Space Area 2. No. Never played it. Oh, Streets of Rage 1, 2, and 3. Love those Streets of Rage games. Yeah, Absolutely it's, love it's really tough to decide about which of the games of the Streets of Rage is my favorite. I think it's the second game. Mm, I still like Streets of Rage 1 because it's the one that we all, it's me and all my friends used to play. And so I've only ever played Streets of Rage 2 and 3 on my, by myself. Never really actually oh, okay, played gotcha, them. Oh, okay, gotcha, yeah. I've played Streets of Rage 2 um, with my cousin a handful of times. And I think the first time I've ever played the first Streets of Rage games was actually in an, ar- an arcade. Mm. Okay, Super Thunderblade. No, but that sounds like a really awesome name, by the way. Yeah, I heard of, I've heard of it, but never played it. Uh, yeah. Swords of Vermilion. No, I've no. never heard of that. Uh, Revenge, oh, yeah, Revenge of Shinobi, I've, uh, yeah, I've, yeah. I played it and loved it. Uh, mm-hmm. Toe Jam and Earl, Panic of uh, Funkatron. Yeah, I've, I've played all the, to- the I've played like the, the Sega Genesis Toe Jam and Earl games. I've never played like the newer ones. I've only ever played the first one and I found it really frustrating. Uh, uh, yeah, it is really frustrating because, uh, you know, you have two people and a lot of, you know, you try to find like pieces of, um, you know, the, the presence and you have, and you have this huge world and you have 45 minutes and you have to like look and it, yeah, it does get frustrating after a while, but if you play with like, um, you know, if you know what you're doing and if you're playing with a person who knows what they're doing, it's, uh, it's actually pretty enjoyable. Mm-hmm. Uh, Vectorman and Vectorman 2. Yes, I have played both of those games. The first one's the best. Oh, it is interesting. Virtua Fighter 2. Oh, wow. I thought that was um, a Dream... Uh, not a Dream... A Sega a th- Saturn game. I thought it was a 32X game. Uh, I thought. Yeah. Uh, well, I guess 32... Does 32X really count as Genesis library? I don't actually I know. I guess so, because you, you played the, on a Genesis. It's you just needed the Genesis to play it, so yeah, it didn't It, it didn't really have its own console. I mean, I, knew, no, I know there was... I, I mean, it was originally supposed to, but then... Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's complicated. Yeah, it's to say they they originally were supposed to make the Sega Net tune, and then they decided to just skip to the Saturn. So, yeah. Uh, okay. Wonder Boy Three Monsters Layer. I've only played a little bit of the Wonder Boy games, but not really that much. I've not played any of the Wonder Boy games, and there's Wonder Boy Monster World, but I never played that as well. Yeah. Uh, and apparently, there'll be online and offline multiplayer enhancement filters. So, oh, that's nice. Yeah. I would love to play Streets of Rage or Golden Axe with a friend online. Yeah, that'd be pretty cool. And uh, you know what they should do? They should make Streets of Rage th- a three-player game. 
That, I know two players is pretty rowdy, but uh, imagine playing with like three players in like in the street. That'd be like crazy. That'd be like that'd be insane. Oh yeah, that'd be fun. That'd be yeah. so much fun to do. So uh, yeah, four that... players because you know there's four characters in the game. No, there's not. There's th well in Streets of Rage, there's three. Oh, that's oh yeah. That's yeah, right. so you can't you can't you go have, over um, three. But, you have uh, Blaze. You have uh, um, you have yeah, Blaze. Uh, you have uh, Axel, and you have uh, I think Jade's, the Kangaroo Fighter. Jade's the other. Oh, you have. Uh, I think wasn't the there was a wrestler in the um in in there was a wrestler there was a kangaroo. And, yeah, there's uh, the third one. Yeah. Oh, was that the third one? Oh, I thought the third yeah, one the was third the guy. The third one had the kangaroo. I thought the third one had the robot guy. No, I think that's the second one. Oh, is that the second one? Okay, then. Or maybe that. Maybe it is the third one, and the wrestling yeah. guy was the second one. Maybe. Yeah, so definitely. I'm sure yeah, the I'm sure the wrestler like was the second guy. In yeah. um, Streets of Rage three, so one player can play Axel, one player can play Blaze, one player can play whatever the third player is, and the fourth one can play the kangaroo. Mm -hmm. Okay, so that's uh, Sega Genesis Classic. So everyone, get your hands on that. Yeah, it's uh, a shame they don't have the ooze in there because I I really like the ooze. Yeah, and I'm trying to think. There's a uh, I remember Marco's Magic Football. Uh, I, uh, Marco's Magic Soccer Ball. Thinking. Uh, in that yeah, and Strider's not in there. Oh uh, well, can't have everything. Can't always get what That's you want. True. You can't have everything. Okay. Um, let's wrap up. Uh, Marines FC. They're a, they're a uh, non-side uh, soccer team, football team here in the uh, here in the United Kingdom. Um, they their bus caught fire on the way to a match, so uh, <laughs> unfortunately couldn't. I don't know what happened there. Non-league side Marine FC had a dramatic journey to their match against uh, Hensford Town uh, and when their team bus caught fire en route. Uh, everyone was on board uh, managed to escape, and there's no injuries. But uh, videos on social media or uh, uh, the uh, well, about the incidents uh, were, were extent. Um, the players and staff have made it to the game uh, in time for the uh, three o'clock kickoff, and have tweeted that they're hopeful of taking three points. So uh, even though they their bus caught fire, they still managed to make the game. So uh, yeah, um, I hope they're all alright after that. So. Yeah, I, I was about to say I hope they're all alright because <laughs> I mean I would really hate it if you're like really excited about a game and then all of a sudden you're you're you, it, it catch you know whatever that you're traveling on catches on fire. Oh god, that's the, this is the fire. <laughs> oh my god. Oh my god, that's crazy. So um, yeah, well, go go they're all over it. Uh, all right, Marine FC. So uh, hope everything's okay there. Um, let's, uh, let's go on to our next one, and, oh, um, this is our last video, this is, uh, Swimmers Take to the Snow for a Fundraiser, so, um, let's take a look at this. Uh, let me get it up for everybody. So, uh, oh, there's a bit of music, I'll try and, uh, fill that out, but, uh, there's, there's swimming, swimming in, in the snow. snow. <laughs> to, uh, make, raise money for their community pool. That's awesome. And this is I, I would Gally. never do that, but kudos to them, man. They all work in Ullspool uh, in Ullspool uh, in uh, the Scottish Highlands. So you've got to imagine there's probably pl plenty of snow up in the Scottish Highlands. Oh, uh, they yeah, are swimming so. on uh, some grass next to the indoor pool. So it's uh, yeah, it's uh, that, that must be horrible afterwards. The competitors are oh, showing yeah, yeah. off all their best in, techniques. In, like, in New York, there's a huge tradition about. You know, uh, when it, when it's winter time, people like swim in the um, in the on this beach. So, yeah, yeah. it's just well, murder, man. Nah, <laughs> that's, well, that must be horrendously, horrendously cold. Yeah, and, uh, I, I, you know what? Kudos to you for doing it for charity, man. Like that's awesome. Yeah. 
And that's the end of the show. So uh, um, we're still going for oh, all. Uh, re- but, but before we do that, um, Aaron, did you get the um, the video that I sent you on Twitter? Oh, actually, yes, I did. I'm glad you yeah, reminded you me were, of that. Please, seriously, guys, this is a great way to end it because it is so hilarious and it's sad. Okay, it is then. really sad. All right, then let's uh, let's take a look at this just before we go. So. Uh... The border wall is absolutely necessary. Are you at all concerned about ladders making the wall obsolete? Excuse me? A ladder, the thing you climb? I don't know what you're talking about. This is a ladder. I've never seen anything like this. What'd you call this? Laid air? Oh my god. (laughs) Yes. You you see it right, people. This guy doesn't know what a ladder is. And, you know, I, I mean... If he, I mean, he has. Have you ever gone to like Home Depot, or I don't know, like if he ever had any problems with like his roof or I think uh, I mean, something I mean, indoors that maybe part of me that believes this is a. I can't believe this is real. I think this is a spoof. I think uh, of uh, uh, because I just remember it's um... ladder, ladder. Is there more than one of these? Yeah. Jesus Christ! When did this come out? Thousands of years ago. I must have missed these. So people just have these. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, if you start leaning these up against walls, people are just going to climb right over. A wall is no match for anything like this. They don't have these in Mexico. Most of the ladders are manufactured in Mexico. A Mexican can own a ladder? Might as well put a tunnel from Guadalajara, Mexico to Tulsa, Oklahoma. All I need is a ladder. Jesus. Trump didn't know about this or else he would have told us. I think he might have known. God damn it. Father-in-law was right. <laughs> yeah, these. Uh, that's the thing about a wall. You can either climb over or dig under it. Actually, I tell you what. I was actually watching a. Uh, there's a Mexican talk show uh, that was. Uh, I, th- I think it was a podcast that I was listening to, and uh, they, they actually do like the translations for it. And uh, uh, they were saying that well, you know, you can build the wall and you can uh, do all this uh, border stuff, but uh, the vast majority, apparently, the vast majority of Mexicans actually fly, apparently, to get into the country. So uh, I mean they're gonna I mean what are they gonna do stop people stop Mexicans from flying? Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, so uh, uh, you know I think uh, well Donald Trump's just in general just bad anyway. So uh, you know of course he's not. Gonna All right, these I, I think through. we can end it right here. Definitely. So, uh, facebook.com forward slash Aaron Meta Show, uh, Twitter at Aaron Meta Show, uh, AaronMeta.tumblr.com, uh, YouTube.com forward slash Aaron Meta Show. Check out the Old School Lane podcast as well uh, on oldschoollane.blogspot.com. And uh, also, if you want to check us out on the uh, on the podcast, it's iTunes, Player FM, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, uh, plenty of places to listen to podcasts. So uh, just search the Aaron Meta Show and you'll be able to find it. So thanks very much for checking out the show. Thank you very much for listening to us. Uh, our reformatting hopefully will uh, get underway at some point, but right now we're still... Trying to do, basically just uh, do uh, all the all the back background work. So you know you don't see too much on the front right now. It's all happening in the back. So uh, once we got all the uh, stuff behind the scenes uh, all working, then uh, definitely you'll start seeing some changes very soon. So from uh, me, myself, Aaron, and Patricia, take care. Bye for now. See you later. <laughs>